Hey guys, Jacob here, and today I have a special guest, Phil uh, Layer, who is with me. Um, yeah, Phil, say hi. <laughs> hi, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, so Phil is uh, our new partner and a client at the same time. And we are working on very interesting uh, automations in the Amazon space, especially in uh, vendor uh, for vendor accounts. And uh, yeah, this is like a podcast, video, whatever you call it, where we'll be going through topics um, connected to the vendor accounts, Amazon and automations. Uh, basically, yeah, I think that this will really cover both of our companies. So Phil, maybe you can do a short intro um, of what you are doing. Sure. So my name's Phil and uh, I have a consulting agency that is focused on the Touchpoint Amazon. So we are taking care of the Touchpoint Amazon for brands like um, small to medium and even big international brands that are working as a vendor with Amazon. So we are focused on, on companies that, that work as a vendor. So there's a difference to uh, being a seller, which we will probably address later on. Um, yes. But this is this is what we what I am doing with the, with my team. <clears throat> we are basically helping brands being successful on the Touchpoint Amazon. Yes. So basically, imagine you are a brand. You're let's say you're selling maybe furniture. Furniture is not the good case for Amazon, but let's say um, you sell I don't know some kind of headphones. Let's say headphones. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, your own e-commerce store. You may be selling some local stores as well. Um, and I believe your company helps um, sell on Amazon, but in the vendor model account, which is different than seller. And I think we'll also talk about it in a moment. But this is basically very br briefly what you, you what you are doing, right? Yeah, exactly. But usually the target client or let's say the brands that are looking to work with us, let's put it that way. They mm -hmm. usually are not someone that has much experience with an online shop or is very successful with having an online shop. It's mm -hmm. usually more brands that are focused on brick and mortar stores that do have experience with selling into physical stores. Mm -hmm. They do know their processes when it comes to that, but they're not that experienced when it comes to selling online and especially not selling through um, something like marketplaces or even not that much experience selling to online shops that are customers of them. Mm -hmm. I get it. Yes. But... Um... As far as I know, when it comes to being a vendor, uh, you need to be invited to the program, right, from Amazon. So the brand itself needs to be, like, what are the criterias to be um, invited to sell on Amazon, right, as a vendor? And why actually would they go for vendor account instead of trying first as a seller? Like, are you also helping to, to, to start as a seller? Yes, that's a big one, and and I mm -hmm. think we we have to slice this one uh, in in certain parts. So first of all, um, Amazon is trying to work with brand owners only when it comes to the vendor model. So no dealers, no no drop shipping companies or stuff like that, or distributors, uh, or um, companies that do not own the brand. They just do, for example, arbitrage. They, mm -hmm. Amazon is trying to close those relationships that they had 
which they basically grew on, like uh, in the first yes. couple of years when, when Amazon was still uh, a small online shop, none of the big brands or, or none of the brands wanted to work with them. So they had to go through those distributors. But nowadays, um, they are looking for brand owners only. And usually you could say um, if your brand is doing around one, one million um, in, in uh, e-commerce sales or around 250,000 on the marketplace, then you would be eligible for being invited for the vendor program. Because as you said, right, um, you need to be invited. You cannot simply register for the vendor program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really interesting. And, but the question is also, um, if they decide to sell on Marketplace, should they first start as a seller before they would consider being a vendor or should they start right away? If they got an invitation, should they start right away as a vendor or uh, just to learn maybe uh, sell on Amazon? Would they go first to, to as a seller? I really wonder. Well, uh, unfortunately, I have to give you the, the classic consulting uh, answer. It depends. Okay. It really depends on your situation that you're in as a company and how strong your capabilities are when it comes to managing a channel like Amazon uh, yourself. Um, if that is one of your uh, core strengths in your company, then I, I would be uh, suggesting doing this. But um, let's say you are a company that uh, is not very successful with their own online shop. Um, let's assume you don't have anyone in your company that has much experience with managing um, some kind of e-commerce channel and not even experience uh, maybe managing some kind of online uh, shop customers like e-commerce customers. Then I would usually um, have the tendency to say, okay, you guys, you should work with the vendor model because this is the closest you can get to Mm -hmm. the processes that you already know in your mm-hmm. daily business. Okay. And if it's a brand that has experience with their own online shop, they have some kind of capabilities uh, regarding managing e-commerce channels um, in their workforce, then I would at least consider um, going through the marketplace because it definitely has advantages and it definitely has its dis- disadvantages. And I would say you need to look at it case by case Um, because every company is different. Every brand is different and every um, product assortment is different. And therefore, mm-hmm. you need to look at the, at the individual case of, uh, that you are having at hand. Definitely. De- definitely. We'll go deeper into um, differences be- between a seller and a vendor. But before that, you mentioned that uh, that's very actually interesting because we have one client Uh, who is doing arbitrage selling. And you mentioned that uh, right now Amazon is trying to convince or yeah, convince more brand to start selling on Amazon as a vendor itself. So there's like a direct connection between those two instead of have uh, having this middleman uh, in, in the middle, right? Like a middleman in the middle. Just, yeah, <laughs> uh, someone who'd sell those uh, items. Um Could you tell more about these trends? I'm asking specifically because we recently launched this um, new product, uh, like a software for for client who is a seven-figure seller from mm-hmm. States, uh, buying from um, local shops 
and uh, selling those items on Amazon. And he is selling hundreds, maybe not hundreds, but like thousands of different items. Um, and yeah, the software itself is really calculating the most profitable items and yeah. then basically rebuying them automatically from those local uh, stores. Well, um, the way you describe that kind of solution, that sounds very interesting and I'd love to know more about it, but I think that's a topic for, for another session. Um, but nevertheless, it sounds very impressive what you're doing. Um, so now let's take this case. Mm -hmm. Like imagine the kind of brands and the kind of products that the seller is buying in local stores. This probably would not be possible if that brand would be working directly with Amazon. Like yeah. if they would have a vendor relationship and if they would take control of their brand on Amazon, then this arbitrage seller would probably have very low or very few room to maneuver, very slim chances of um, making some profit on, exactly. um, on, this, on these items. But as long as this brand does not manage their e-commerce channels, as Amazon is usually the biggest one, um, therefore, um, sellers like this will always have the opportunity to do so. But as you also said, and this is the second part of the answer for your question, is this is a seller and this is not a vendor who's doing arbitrage, if I understood you correctly, because um, yes. otherwise it would be against a strategy that I have seen in the last couple of, of years. No, no, this, this, is, this is a seller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just wondering, basically. Uh, but yeah, like you're completely right. If you are um, a vendor, you have the best. Because I, I also heard um, on one, like uh, I think I watched a video about vendors and I, I heard that you can negotiate prices with Amazon itself, right? As a vendor. So therefore, yeah, of course, if you are selling as a vendor directly to Amazon, you have the best deals and being a middleman wouldn't be possible so uh, I can see that. But let's talk more about those differences because I'm really curious. Um, so if you could tell more about like the core differences, I feel like we already started talking about it, that you sell directly to yeah. Amazon. But if you could just elaborate on that. Sure. Let's, um, let's address the, the one thing that you already mentioned, um, prices. This is probably one of the biggest differences that you will see when it comes to a vendor or seller. When you are a vendor, Amazon is your customer. Amazon has a price list for all of your items that you want to sell. So a fixed price and then Amazon adds their margin and Amazon is the one setting the selling price. And this is a huge difference to the seller model because you as a seller, you decide what you sell your item for to the customer. If you're a vendor, Amazon decides what price they are selling for to the customer. And the one um, basically sending the invoice is in case of the vendor, it's Amazon itself. It's Amazon Germany, it's Amazon Italy, it's Amazon US. And in case of the seller, it's you. You, the seller, are sending out the invoice. At least your, your name of the company is on the invoice. Sometimes Amazon is doing the, the work for you of sending and creating the PDF. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's your name on it. And that's one of the biggest differences. And that's uh, one of the key factors that some brands don't want to get on 
Amazon Marketplace as a seller because they would end up competing with their own customers when it comes to selling on the platform because you would be in, in a, a direct competition for the buy box with the client that is yeah. also buying from you. <laughs> so in a sales and distribution strategy, this is not always or usually uh, in the majority of the cases, this is not wanted by the brand owner. Because mm -hmm. imagine, imagine that kind of negotiation or that kind of meeting, annual meeting that you have with, that, uh, with your uh, customer or your client. And he's asking, hey, man, what's going on? You're also selling on Amazon and you're cutting my prices. What the hell are you doing? Like, this would be a tough one, especially totally. most of the brands have relationships to those kind of clients that are 10, 20, 30 years long. And mm -hmm. you want to jeopardize that? I doubt it. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. But when you sell, um, when you sell actually as a vendor, is there still a buy box then? Like, do you sure. compete with, with whom do you compete if you are, ah, I, I build, okay. So as a vendor, I, Amazon sells your items, but then do you compete with the same items who are sell, sold by the sellers or like, how does it work? I really wonder. Oh, now we're getting into the trenches of the details, but, and, but this is the good stuff. Like, this is a really good question. <laughs> yeah, because I've never say. really thought about it. Like before I, we've met you, I didn't really know much about, um, vendor program and in yeah. poland for example i mean amazon itself is super small but the vendor program i think exists for like one year or something like this so it's extremely new and as i said i didn't know about that and now when you actually um describe this explain this to us it's, it's just crazy for me and i really want to visualize it like i've did many different um scraping and monitoring solutions for our clients and I've been just always blindly gathering all of those prices and never really thought about it. And I saw um, many items basically that are Amazon items. And I mm -hmm. was really uh, reading many different papers uh, about how Amazon is winning uh, the buy box, uh, that it's not really fair that Amazon yeah. get is that Amazon can within one day get you out of the business. But I think that Amazon brands this is also like something different than vendors now because I, I've seen those cases where there's a very successful project, a pro, um, product um, and then one day Amazon creates its own brand and gets you out of the business. But this is not vendor, right? This is different. Well, we, we have to separate this one also yeah. in, in different <laughs> parts. Let, let's start with the one who is winning the buy box when it comes to, to vendor-seller. So actually... A seller is always competing with Amazon for the buy box when they are both selling the same product. Okay? Yes. Um, and this is easy to see. Like if you are on an Amazon product detail page on the right-hand side below the buy box, below the uh, add to cart button, you usually see um, um, a sentence that says like um, 14 new offers starting from, let's say, $29.99. Like if you click on this, you see the list of all the sellers that are selling that product. And sometimes Amazon is also in that list yeah. in case they are not winning the buy box. And the, the, the one winning the buy box is defined through different factors, but it's mostly two things. First of all, price. 
Like you have to have a competitive price. And this is where it gets a bit unfair when, uh, when it comes to Amazon because um, Amazon can be more expensive than you as a seller and still win the buy box. So price is the first factor. Second factor is definitely by delivery time. How fast are you able to deliver? So uh, even if you're 30% below Amazon's price, but it takes you two weeks to deliver the product, you're not going to win the buy box. And then there are more uh, smaller factors, but one of the key factors is also when you are a seller, um, your rating also influences yeah. if you're winning the buy box. So you should, that's one of the reasons why you should keep a good rating as a seller when you're not only selling your own product. So, and there's even more factors um, going into this, but I think these are the, more, more, the biggest ones, the key factors when it comes to winning the buy box. And um, this is, that's why it's important. And this goes to back to distribution and pricing strategy as a brand owner. Like if you give Amazon high prices, like when you're saying, okay, man, they want to work with us. Okay, but let's screw them. Okay, we'll screw them. We'll give them really, really high prices. So if they're selling, we're making a good business. But then you're not selling on Amazon because Amazon is not able to win the buy box versus sellers that have better prices with the brand owner. And this is the way of making sure. And here comes one of the, the Amazon visions. Uh, into um, consideration that they have the customer focus the customer experience uh, needs to be positive and good and it would not be positive if amazon itself would not be in the competition for attractive pricing like uh, that's one of the the key factors here so amazon wants to provide a good customer experience by also offering competitive prices when it comes to the products yeah. they are selling so therefore um, they, they made themselves compete with the sellers in order to have to make sure they have competitive pricing. Mm -hmm. No, that's, um, that's, that's really interesting here, especially that you mentioned about this strategy that if you put too high price on Amazon, Amazon itself cannot sell the items because it won't be profitable for Amazon itself, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's really like, you have to really switch thinking if you are a vendor than a seller when it comes to selling. It's yeah, really, really interesting. So I believe, um, now actually the question um, here, because uh, this I don't know, like, as I said, we are uh, building many different solutions and one of um, them is actually custom reprices. We've built a mm -hmm. repricer for a seller. Actually, mm, um, we've been monitoring many different uh, buy boxes and then at the same time we created like a buy box to it so depending on the competition and the um, different factors that you just mentioned the item reprised itself to um, win the buy box basically that was the purpose of the i mean i feel like this is the purpose of every repricer like to win the buy box right sure. but if you are a vendor um how does it work when it comes to signing a contract for a certain item? Do you still can reprice the items or you just put the fixed price for a contract or whatever you call it, right? And then the Amazon itself is changing the prices. How does it work? Um, maybe one remark on the repricing um, topic. I think there are reprices out there that have different strategies than just winning the buy box. Sometimes it's um, optimizing your margin, especially when you're running on low stock, something like that. So, so they would be rising 
mm-hmm. with prices sometimes you really don't want to sell because you're running really low uh, on stock, for example. Um, or you want to make the market, some, stuff like that. But that's just a remark. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to pricing in the vendor model, it's, um, it's like that, that you usually have an annual negotiation with Amazon. Like uh, you usually meet um, once a year, you, dis- you make a business review, you look how um, your margin is. So Amazon tells you um, on ASIN basis what they are uh, having a f- as a profitability, how much money they're making with each of your products. And if you're below a certain threshold, they're asking you for better prices. Like okay. they, they would even suggest what kind of price they need. And usually it's lower than you feel comfortable with, <laughs> much lower <laughs> as a brand. And then you go into some kind of negotiation, or at least it was before COVID hit. Like uh, you actually met in, in person. Like I've been to Munich a couple of times. Um, I've been to Paris and I've even been to Tokyo for negotiations. Oh, wow. And um, this this is completely this this died uh, when COVID hit. Since then, it's a Teams meeting. Sometimes it's even just it, it's not even a meeting. When you are a small vendor, you open up Vendor Central. Like there's a seller central for vendors called Vendor Central. Huh. Um, and uh, if you log in, you have like this notification: Hey, um, we need new um, we need new conditions, like new terms and conditions for the the upcoming year. This is our uh, this is what we suggest. Then you have a button: uh, Agree or decline. So that's the negotiation. <laughs> but uh, when it when it end in in that in that proposal they send you, they always have uh, on AC level what kind of uh, cost prices they would like to have for that certain item. And then you can um, you can accept or not, but uh, usually you would be able, if you are a little bit bigger, you can send a price list to them, to your vendor manager and say, hey, that's our prices. And he will usually look for where it's uh, increasing prices, where you're decreasing prices. And then they will evaluate how it's impacting their business. And based on that, they will decide if they uh, would accept it or not. And they usually don't okay. because you raise prices. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's understandable. But, but this, maybe yes. w- one, one more addition. If you are actually decreasing prices, you would have the option to upload a new price list every single day. And Amazon uh, would uh, tell you in... Um, in uh, in a time of 30 30 days if they accept it or not and from my experience if you decrease the price is it is accepted right away like the same day if you upload a price list with increased prices it takes 30 days for it uh, to be declined like that's the way it goes (laughs) no that's that's really interested that's really interested but let's talk about the once we are in the prices, let's talk about still um, the other um, way around it, which is um, advertisement here. Like same story, we talked about buy box. How does it work for both sides? We talked about prices. Now I'm really curious about advertisement. Again, when you are seller, it's easy. You just put um, your ads, um, and um, yeah, people bet on them, uh, bet on them, and so on. How does it work? Um, with with a vendor when amazon sells your items like do you still pay for your ads or amazon is handling this like how does it work well it's it's basically nowadays it's 
exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, since Amazon has learned that they can make good money with uh, PPC and advertising in general, of course, they let you pay for it. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> they're not paying for anything. Um, so it's it's purely your investment. And they even went so far that they said, hey, uh, so you want to invest one million into advertising next year? Um, I'm I'm really sorry. I can't take that in consideration when it comes to our annual negotiations because it's a different business unit. And um, I'm from my targets, from my personal targets as a vendor manager. I do not reach my my targets if I somehow take that into consideration. Uh, but wow. at the end of the day, we both know it's the same freaking company. So yes, yes. Um, it, there's a lot of bullshitting going going on there. Oh, you, to be honest, you mentioned really really interesting part. Um, here because um, from from our side when it comes to uh, programming world uh, we had a very similar case um, with uh, one department which is responsible for SAP API Uh, I've met with them recently we've been talking about some improvements for SAP API and then at some point I mentioned hey what about the advertisement API? Because it seems like it's like completely different um, API. Completely Are you talking about Amazon directly, direct contact to Amazon right now? Exactly. exactly. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. And I just mentioned, hey, why is it like different? Can I talk to someone from advertisement API team? And they said, sorry, it's like completely different team. Um, we don't know each other. And now you just mentioned about the vendor manager and also um, taking under consideration that you spend so much money on ad spend, right? That those are like completely two separate um, sectors in, in Amazon. But on the on the other hand, it's just one Amazon. So it's it's really weird. But um, yeah. you want to know the best part <laughs> about it? How how it went down? So um, I was I, back then. I was uh, not running my own company. I was working for Bosch. Uh, Bosch Power Tools, Bosch, one of the biggest, or I think it's the biggest privately held company in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a very successful power tool business and I was responsible for the Amazon account in Europe. And um, that was the time when they started to introduce advertising, PPC advertising on Amazon. And man, those times were wild. Like this this <laughs> felt like Wild West, like every every euro you, you put into this channel, like you got 50 out in sales. It was crazy. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so like you got it, many promotions in the company. It, yes, I did. And, <laughs> That's um, good. Back then in the first year, your vendor manager would tell you, hey, we have this new thing, man. Um, we can switch all of your your marketing co-op and all of your bonus and all that stuff. We can switch it. Like, uh, just put it into advertising and we're good. Like, the, the negotiations that year, they went so easy. They were like, they were a blast. And I couldn't even believe it that good they, uh, they went back then. But the next year, they really screwed you. Because they said, um, yeah, like... Uh, we can't take this in consideration anymore. Like that was only in the first year. And um, now I need to get that budget back. Like I need to have this on my balance sheet now. Like, so we have to introduce this bonus and uh, this volume incentive rebate and all of this stuff that you pushed away into advertising the year before you, they were trying to get it back. And yeah, that was one of the biggest bullshit moves they ever did because in the meantime, you have learned the budget you put into advertising made crazy sales. Like it pushed your sales on a crazy level and you mm-hmm. would never put it back. 
you you would yes. never decrease you would you would have been stupid to do so so then you actually you had to open your pocket again and you're like yeah okay shit, no wonder no wonder it. it's one of the most uh successful companies in the world right yeah. and so they, they they are playing their its own game and as a leader uh, i mean there's huge opportunity but there's also huge risk right like especially what i hear from Men uh, sellers or even founders uh, like service-based companies that build businesses around Amazon that it's a great game, but literally if they change something within one day, you can lose all of your business. So it's a sometimes it game. might be tricky. It's a cutthroat game, definitely. Yeah, you're right. Same for us if uh, when we are running different um, softwares for our clients, right? They rely on the SP API. But if one day they turned off some endpoint or changed something, we really need to act fast. And uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's really important, uh, interesting. Like definitely we'll talk about uh, those kind of things, um, like automations and, and next episodes. Like uh, this is something uh, that I really want to talk. But um, let me talk, um, let, let, let's talk about the last thing. This is like very recent thing. And I think you have more information about that. Um, there was some news uh, regarding Amazon vendor program around, uh, I, I saw it around LinkedIn, Twitter, um, that there are some changes that they are turning down, they are turning off some part of Amazon vendor program. Can you maybe describe what was it about and if it's good or bad? Yeah, I, I saw also, I saw this this email that got leaked. I saw it on LinkedIn and um on the same day it disappeared again so i'm mm -hmm. i'm not sure if it's if it's a real thing and i it okay. didn't sit right with me when i read it because it wasn't quite the tone that amazon is usually mm -hmm. using but yes. nevertheless uh, let's assume it's real um it said that amazon wants to or will stop working it's an email that basically said we will stop working with you from the 1st of uh, january 2024 um, there was some some link to to Vendor Central, and I at that moment I thought, ah, this might be fake. Someone is maybe fishing here. But um, the, the email said that Amazon wants to uh, focus on working with brand owners only, and I would assume that distributors or uh, multi-level sellers that were delivering um, Amazon uh, stock in the vendor model that they are supposed to get cut out and use the seller yeah. model, like the, what we have discussed before. And I would assume this is a good thing mm -hmm. because um, it helps brands that are actually already working with Amazon um, to, to help clean their sourcing strategy. And, and now it's getting a, a bit technical here regarding the how Amazon works. So uh, if Amazon is buying an, an ASIN from you, um, they usually have their their buying system, which always tried to have multiple sources for that ASIN, okay? So that buying system is trying to look for cheaper sources. Um, and these cheaper sources could have been like uh, some kind of distributor in, uh, for example, Poland, which it usually was a country where Amazon was sourcing a lot because of the currency effects and mm -hmm. some brands thought it's a good idea to sell stuff cheaper in Poland than in Germany or in France. And that gave uh, some, some uh, 
good sellers the opportunity to sell to Amazon and and make a quick buck and make make uh, some kind of arbitrage here. Yeah. And I think this is what they are trying to get rid of. And therefore, it's good for a brand because the number yes. of sources for your product is being reduced and the competition on the price is being reduced. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to you, actually, do you work only with the brands directly or do you also work with those distributors? Because I believe now that what you said, because that the distributors are kind of like a sellers on Amazon working with the brands, but being a vendor, yeah. uh, which is a really interesting concept. And do you work with some distributors or just brands? Right now, we don't have that kind of distributor as a client, but uh, we would definitely work with them because um, you must not forget that there are brands out there that don't want to work directly uh, with uh, a brand or a, a channel like Amazon. So they do rely, they, they in, a, in a very um, thought of way, like it, it's a decision not to work with channels like this directly and rely on distributors that are specialized, that have the capabilities. Now, imagine a very small niche brand for a certain product that does not have like a huge range and they don't have an e-commerce manager and they don't want to run uh, their own seller account, well, then this is your your only solution yeah. to work with your distributor. So Definitely. in some cases, this might make sense to go mm -hmm. through someone uh, offering a service like this. And of course, mm -hmm. we would uh, love to work with, with them. But we would not work with someone who is not appointed by the brand owner to work with Amazon directly. Mm -hmm. This is something that I would not support here. Good. I really wonder, again, um, I asked this question in the beginning, but I, I will go back to it. Um, regarding this invitation to, to um, become a vendor on Amazon, how, how does it work? Let's say I have, uh, yeah, I, again, I'm selling um, headphones and at some point I thought, all right, uh, I would love to be a vendor on Amazon, uh, but um, we both know that you need to be invited. And now um, there is uh, your company, uh, PLSEC, right? I go to you and I say, hey, Phil, um, here's, this is uh, my brand. Um, I'm selling in, in like I have this, my, my own e-commerce. I'm selling in a shop. Uh, we're doing really, really well. But um, yeah, of course, Amazon can't just know about any possible brand out there. Do you actually go to Amazon and pitch them the brand um, yeah. to get invitation or how does it work? Yeah. That, that happened before, and we do that a lot, actually, mm -hmm. um, that uh, brands approach us that decide. Um, sometimes we help them to decide and evaluate if it makes sense to uh, go in this channel. And to be honest, sometimes it does not make sense. It's, just, it's rarely the fact, but sometimes um, that's the case. Um, and then we have our contacts with, within Amazon. Um, we tell them about their brand. They do the in, initial um, evaluation of the potential. And then you would provide them with some cost prices. And that's basically um, how you start uh, onboarding a vendor. Like. Okay. Okay. Another question um, here. Um, if you are selling as a vendor, um, how does it work with putting uh, your listings? Um, because... Recently, again, I've been in touch with many different service-based companies uh, related to Amazon. And recently, I, I've met um, this one company. I can't 
remember the name, but they were doing all of the creatives and um, regarding the items. So they were taking your items, making beautiful pictures, uh, writing um, the content about it, like the description, title, and and so on. Um, so how does it work with with a vendor model? Is it the same, or Amazon takes care of that? Uh, it's the same as the seller model, but harder. Unfortunately, harder. and yeah, and I don't know why why that the reason is. It's a pain in the butt. I can tell you, like if this is one of the things that we spent the most time with, like uh, so, you're change. also doing those uh, those things. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as I said before, we we make sure that the brand is successful on the Touchpoint Amazon. And uh, as you know, I don't have to tell you, content is a key, still a key part of this. Uh, advertising and content are key yes. factors in visibility and conversion. So you have to pay a lot of attention to it and. Sometimes it's really, really hard um, to update the content um, on Amazon because, again, uh, it's a bit technical, but they have certain systems that keep overwriting their own systems. And then you have uh, different um, rights when it comes to overwriting content and stuff like that. You know, like sometimes they don't know. They, they can't even explain themselves. And you just have to... Um, override it over and over again but um it works the same way like you have the possibility to put your own title put your own um, bullet points backend keywords and all that stuff images amazon does not do anything for you if you don't provide them any content and i mm -hmm. would usually i cannot recommend providing amazon with any content because they have those content teams there in india yeah and you provide them some kind of exosheet and I mean the outcome, poof, yo. <laughs> like get some money and uh, put, do the investment and get someone who knows what they're doing and the result will be much better and the brand mm -hmm. image and the conversion and the visibility will be much better mm -hmm. than giving this to Amazon because okay. they don't know what they're doing. Like seriously, that's, they don't know. That's really interesting point. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 can, I can see that. Um, I have one more question and then I think we will be over because we are, let's say, running late on time here. Uh, let, let's continue with the vendor model. I think this might be very um, interesting for people who are considering this right now. Um, so numbers. Um, how does it work with, with the numbers at like your service as, a, as an agency, right? Like there's a brand coming to you um, telling, hey, all right, I'm doing, um, right now I'm doing, on, on my shop, let's say I'm doing 500K a month um, revenue on my products. I am considering vendor program uh, with Amazon. What kind of revenue can I expect? Like, is there a range or percentage that you can promise um, um, a customer? Well... I don't promise anything. Like uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a businessman, and um, <laughs> I'm trying to to or keep a good reputation. And I would not promise anything, anything. But um, what we are definitely capable of is building a case. Like uh, we are um, also using scrapers and um, trying to get a picture of what the category is doing. On Amazon, we're trying to get a picture of what your competition is. If your product's not at all on Amazon, we can still um, define what your target market is and total addressable market on Amazon. And then we make uh, assumptions, like uh, best guess assumptions 
on uh, what your potential um, market share could be, how it would develop, how much investment you would have to make in terms of advertising because we know PPC costs, we know conversion rates, we know traffic. So yes. we are, we're basically building a business case um, with different cases. So you can make uh, an informed decision as a brand owner if this is something that you would uh, consider as um, attractive for, for your brand to um, get into or not. Like, mm -hmm. So uh, there's no boilerplate equation that you can say, all right, if you're doing 500K, Uh, on this item, you are we ca you can expect let's say a 200 additional 200k from Amazon. It, it, there's no like simple equation. It really depends on many no. different factors. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like um, the our world is way too complicated to um, boil it mm -hmm. down like this. To be honest, because uh, you have brands that know what they're doing in their own online store. They know how D2C is working, and then there are brands that don't know. I don't want to say the word like. And, uh, yes, but that, that's really good that you're saying this because I've recently heard some podcasts actually are from um, different agencies that are helping brands to get on Amazon. I think in a seller model. Oh no, actually also in a vendor. And what they do is they promise some numbers. And I was actually mm. having this in my mind. How can you promise a number, right? I believe that they promise the numbers and they they don't deliver and 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 find excuses, yeah. right? Because as you as you said. There's so many different factors. You need so much data. And actually, I'm really happy that we came to this point because um, with the tool that right now we are developing, uh, this might be really helpful to make this analysis much faster based mm -hmm. on all of the data from different vendor accounts. Yeah. Um, so from all of you uh, who are listening here and watch um, this on YouTube, uh, like we, in the field, we are working on a very nice uh, tool that will uh, allow you to analyze the data from all of your um, accounts. And basically, yeah, I mean, we will be happy to share more in a, a future podcast. For now, this is like really into, I think it's not even alpha version yet, uh, but <laughs> I was just wondering that this tool actually will be really helpful uh, when it comes to making this uh, research. Yeah, definitely. And um I, I need to add one thing regarding promising sales on Amazon. Um, uh, if someone is doing that, please be very cautious because um, as we said before, there are so many factors when it comes to different categories and sometimes um, the competition is so fierce on Amazon and, and the category is um, very, very uh, good in selling their products. Like um, we have niches like imagine Yeah, power banks, imagine some kind of water bottle, stuff like that, that is being out there on Amazon for years and years. And people are optimizing for those kind of products for, for many years. And they have ASINs with thousands of reviews. You will not win in categories like this. And if someone promises you sales in a category, um, I would consider this not good practice of business, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, it yeah, really depends on, on the case. Fair point. Fair point. Perfect. Uh, I think we are perfectly going into 45 minutes. Um, so we'll be, I think we'll be good enough for the first, uh, our, our first episode. There will be more to come. Uh, we'll cover many different topics, uh, especially the one regarding uh, automations. Like Phil has many different clients, uh, a lot of experience. 
And uh, we are brainstorming on a daily basis on many different automation ideas, especially right now when we are working already on one product, but we already also um, worked um, on other one, which helps uh, on vendor accounts. So we'll cover more of, more of those in uh, new episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, for, for now, I think that that would be great. Phil, um, do you have any last words? Uh, where can people find you? Could you share some details? Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, I wanted to thank, say thank you for having me. Um, it's really funny that we are doing a podcast and, and which is ending up on YouTube where I discovered you. So this is really <laughs> yes. funny, uh, first of all. Uh, second of all, uh, if you want to find me, you can do this um, on our website. This is uh, plec.de. You can find me also on LinkedIn and also Jacob will link our YouTube channel and all of my contacts in the description below. And um, I also want to add regarding the topics that we will be addressing in the next episodes. This will, we will uh, be digging deep into exciting topics, like what are the, the challenges that you face as a vendor? And I can tell you already, it's tough. It can be tough, but uh, we know some ways around and we know the tricks and we are working on, on uh, little helpful tools that make life easier. Um, and we will be sharing um, golden nuggets of wisdom when it comes to uh, working with Amazon. So Definitely. stay tuned and I'm looking forward um, for the next episode. Thanks yes, for having thank me. Thank you, Jacob. guys. Yeah, thanks for watching, guys. And yeah, we'll Take see care. you in the next one. Bye-bye.